when a group of hungry friends forms Fantasy Leagues. And then, a platform to talk sports and all their favorite blasts from the past. You get the Joe Random Sports Podcast. And now, your hosts, Stephen Thayer and Matt Ramirez. Alright, welcome everybody to the Joe Random Sports Podcast Immediate Reaction Sunday. Stephen Thayer alongside Braden Dunford filling in for Matt Ramirez. Braden, good to have you back on the show. Hey, thanks so much, Stephen. Super excited to be here. Love it. I love it. And I'm sure you are just gleaming with excitement off the Colts win yesterday. Uh, But first, we'll start with the Thursday game, Saturday games. If you're new to the podcast, this is the Joe Random Sports Podcast. You can follow us on X, Instagram, TikTok. Brayden is our TikTok guy. Uh, So he's the one that's doing all of that. You can follow us at Joe Randoms SN. And of course, like, rate, share, follow us, do all the things. We appreciate your support. These types of episodes, we're just in real time getting our takes on what just unfolded for this NFL weekend. Chargers Raiders, Thursday night football, an absolute demolition in Vegas of the Los Angeles Chargers, and of course, the ultimate demise of Brandon Staley. You can talk about all the records that were set in this game, the Raiders scoring the most points in franchise history. Uh, there there, there was so many historical things that happened, I mean, especially from a team that was shut out the week before to then do that the following week. Really incredible. Uh, but of course, the highlight or the low light of the evening was it was the last game Brandon Staley will be on the sidelines for. And unfortunately, their GM as well uh, got dismissed from his duties. Braden, to me, this looked like the Chargers were trying to get their coach fired. I don't know. What did, what did you think here? Was this just like a Raiders really good game plan or did the Chargers really intentionally blow this? Yeah. Um, real fast, quick shout out. Uh, my co my co partner, Britch also helps with TikTok. He does all the Instagram. So I want to give him a quick plug. He's great. Uh, does for the sport of it. Um, now with this game specifically, uh, it's interesting because before this week, somebody had asked if Brandon Staley deserved to be, if the team was listening to his his uh, messaging, and he said, of course, if they're not, then you get blown out. Well, the next week, he gets blown out. Uh, I saw that on Pat McAfee's show. They, like, did a clip, and I was like, wow. So the, uh, the team must have heard that and decided, you know what, I guess we're trying too hard. Uh, let's just uh, tank. Uh, I, I think the team wanted him gone. I, now, don't take away from the Raiders. I mean, it takes a lot of great game plan to score 63 points. Uh, I wish they would have got another one just so we could have had 270 burgers in a season. I don't think that's ever happened, and so that would have been <laughs> fun. But uh, all, hats off to the Raiders. Hats off to their um, interim head coach. He's killing it. He's bringing the energy. He's bringing the intensity. I know they got shut out against Minnesota, but, I mean, this was a great game for them. There's going to be some interesting questions about Antonio Pierce, and this will be probably more an offseason discussion. He's got three wins, but against teams that all didn't have quarterbacks in the Giants, the Jets, and now the Chargers. A good defensive performance against the Vikings. The defense has been okay this year for the most part. So 
he's going to be an interesting thing, an interesting discussion. And I actually think they, they're going to win probably one or two more games here to close out the year. I don't think they get above 500, but there's some, there's some promise here with Aiden O'Connell throwing four touchdowns, 248 yards, uh, his best game of his career, a 120.7 rating. Devontae Adams finally broke out eight for 101 in a TD. Samir White filling in for Josh Jacobs. You know, this is a pretty bang up job, I think, on the offensive line for the Raiders and for them to just completely trash that uh, Chargers defense. Granted, they're not without their, they were without Joey Bosa, but when is he ever on the field? <laughs> so, <laughs> and then we need to make us. We need yeah. to make the stat more of when Joey Bosa plays versus when he doesn't play. It's 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 a trend. They've been very frustrating to watch. It's been a bad year for Austin Eckler. And I mean, credit to Easton Stick for coming in. 257 yards, three touchdowns and a pick. You know, his line looked good. You know, a couple turnovers, but it, I think this just goes to show how important Justin Herbert is to the team. You know, he was not even his best self this year, yet he was keeping the Chargers afloat. So many one-loss games, which is tough. It's tough for a coach, you know. But uh, sometimes this is just the way it goes. It's a results-driven league, and the Chargers didn't have that this year. I uh, One thing I would caution the Raiders on is the, the grass is not always greener on the other side. Last time they had an interim head coach, he led them to the playoffs. I know that they're not going to the playoffs this year, but – that team was rolling. They were playing for the interim head coach, and instead of hiring him full-time, they went off script and hired Josh McDaniels. Now they have another interim head coach who seems to have the team loving him and playing hard for him. Uh, and if you look at the Carolina Panthers, had Steve Wilkes step in last year, and he had the team playing better, and then they also went out, went out of house and brought in Frank Wright, and now both are gone. So... I, I think interim head coaches, if they get the support from the locker room, I guess you could also say Colts had just Saturday as an interim head coach who did not have the support of the locker room, and he's gone, and they're doing a lot better. But if you have an interim head coach who has the support of the team, I almost wonder why you would look out outside. Those are two really good examples, although I think Jeff Saturday was such an ex- extreme circumstance, <laughs> you know, going completely <laughs> out of scope for a hire like that. Nonetheless, they ended up, maybe that was all in the plan. Maybe that was just, let's just give this guy, we like him, and we'll actually go get a real guy. And and that that actually happened. So we'll fast forward to Saturday here. The first game of the day were the Vikings going into Cincinnati, and the Bengals won in overtime. Thrilling game, 27-24. Bengals are 8-6. and six. Vikings fall to 7-7. Seven and seven. They're on the cusp of making the playoffs. Nick Mullins had an interesting day at quarterback. Some good, some bad. Ty Chandler was the big rusher on the ground. The the Minnesota offense actually was moving for the first time in a while. Uh, But, man, I got to credit Zach Taylor. He has done a fantastic job this year. They are not a healthy team. They have had injuries up and down the lineup all year. Joe Burrow, of course, being the big one. But Jake Browning has stepped in. He's been phenomenal. The Bengals' defense is keeping them in games. It's it's this would be an incredible effort if they do in, end up making the playoffs. I think at eight and six, they've already shown that it's Zach Taylor's the real deal. But if they can somehow sneak in here, whoo! What what an excellent job. You know that that Vikings loss uh, doesn't do well on my prediction in what week five or six that I said the Vikings are about to go on a run and make the playoffs. I, I mean, I guess they are still in the thick of the playoff hunt, 
I just uh, I they were leading so much during that game, and I was like, "Well, you know what? My prediction on the Joe Random Sports Podcast might actually come true." When I was looked at as a when Stephen and Matt looked at me sideways for that take. Um, no credit to the Bengals. I mean, they they lost a key DJ Reader as well, and he's done for the season, and so that's huge on their defense defensive line at least. Zach Taylor was doing a heck of a job. I have to applaud him. I. I loved. I mean, that was just a great game. You had some big Nick energy, uh, as you had some big uh, Jake Browning coming in and taking <laughs> over and shouting at the camera. They should never have cut me. Uh, it was it was a great game. I I really enjoyed as a fan just watching it, and I it felt like a playoff game. That it was in some degree, and you know your take wasn't bad because they did the vikings did go on the run and now they are threatening and because the nfc is so bad they still have a very good chance of making the playoffs despite pitiful quarterback play from josh dobbs earlier and now you've got questionable play from nick mullins etc but uh, that those are some good points there moving to pittsburgh and indianapolis this is your team shane steichen what a hire Turn this team from which it seemed like the the earth was falling last year with the Colts, and now he, he comes in here. I don't think that Anthony Richardson is an eight and six quarterback. I really don't. I don't. Th- if he was healthy, I don't think that's the case here. Steichen has done a fantastic job with Gardner Minshew. Three touchdowns, two hundred fifteen yards, pretty sharp all around. Uh, he's leading a, a, a playoff team, in my opinion. They're they're looking really sharp right now. Who would have thought Trey Sermon, Shane Steichen, finally mobilized the the rushing game? You know, you don't have to deal with Jonathan Taylor anymore. So, you know, let's let's get Trey Sermon in there. What the heck? So he has a career day, <laughs> 170 yards <laughs> on the ground for the Colts as a as a whole. So I'm just impressed with your team this year for the Steelers. Mitch Trupicki threw another two picks, and he continues to flatter as a backup quarterback. I say that sarcastically. It's it's really embarrassing to watch him play. It's embarrassing for Mike Tomlin. It's embarrassing for the Steelers fan base. They're a seven and seven team. I think they're finally regressing to the mean with how how much that offense has struggled this year. They are on the outside looking in right now. I think in terms of the playoff pictures, too many eight and six teams. And we'll get to the AFC playoff picture at the end of this episode. But uh, congrats to your Colts. Thank you. Thank you. I, I want to point out, I think this Colts team is pretty similar constructed as it was last year. And, and we had the number four pick in the, the draft last year. Um, I think we actually have a coach who's holding people accountable. Uh, as you, I mean, we've had some pretty crazy, I mean, we cut Darius Leonard, Shaq Leonard, uh, midseason because he kept complaining about not getting playing time, but whenever he'd play, he wasn't as effective as the coaches needed him to be, so they cut him. Um, so I, he's holding people accountable, and uh, there are games I see Gardner Minshew like this one. I'm like, could he actually be a starter in the NFL? And then next, the oh, some weeks he's like, yeah, he's totally a backup, and we won <laughs> in spite of him. Uh, so I, I'm really impressed with what Shane Steichen's done. I think he's the, the real deal. And, and, and I think, uh, and we'll probably, well, I don't know if we'll talk Eagles cause they play Monday night, but I think he was the real engine behind the Eagles offense last year. And they, they don't look the same at all this year, uh, for the Steelers. I feel terrible that, uh, Mike Tomlin's going through this. I think, uh, it's, it's on him ultimately that this team is this way. 
But on the, the broadcast, they said you have Pat Fryermuth, Najee Harris, Deontay Johnson, Deontay Johnson, George Pickens. Pickens. Like, how can that offense only get about 125 yards of total offense? Like, those players alone have to step up, and they didn't. You get you get too many pictures of George Pickens crying in his hat on the sideline and just standing there disappointed when things don't go his way that he he's he he doesn't step up i don't think when the team needs him to and he's willing to pout any chance he gets not a good look um and you know is it truly tomlin's fault right i mean they drafted kenny pickett and he really hasn't impressed for his first two years in the league he's been better than the alternative for at least for pittsburgh but he's not going to take this team to the next level. They're going to have some questions come next year. You made a good point I, about offensive coordinators leaving teams. The Eagles just don't look as sharp this year. They look a little disjointed. And you can you can allude that maybe Shane Steichen was maybe the real brains behind the operation. The one thing I do want to point out, Zach Taylor's an offensive head coach, had quarterback problems this whole year, yet the team's in playoff position. Uh, Shane Steichen's an offensive head coach with quarterback problems, and yet the team's in playoff position. I think, uh, and I'm sure there are others that we just haven't talked about yet, but if you're an offensive-minded head coach, you're usually able to get past those problems. Kyle Shanahan last year, perfect example. Yes, Kyle Shanahan last year almost took the team to the Super Bowl. And, uh, you know, going back to the Colts, everybody loves the Colts, right? No, everybody loves them. The NFL, there's not a single soul that hates the Colts out there. I tell you, not a single soul. I'm tell, I I just, you know, when you have Peyton true. Manning on your team. With it's, Tony it's Dungy to... and Peyton Manning and all of the, even uh, Jim Caldwell, there, there was, there's not a single reason to hate the Colts. I mean, unless you're, you know, you're a Jaguars or a Titans or a, Texans fan that were tired of them beating up on them all those years, but there's really not a re nobody hates the Colts. And when they win, I mean, I don't think there's been a single time in my life where if the Colts win, I'm like, ah, damn it. No, I'm like, cool. The Colts won. And I, I I'm never not rooting for the Colts unless they're against my team. But I just think it's funny how the NFL loves the Indianapolis Colts. I mean, Josh, so I think they're I, synonymous. Like, obviously, they don't make as much money as like the Patriots or the Packers or the Steelers, what what have you. But I think they're a very likable team, and they've somehow engineered that. Beside I, I, will, I will say, despite being, I mean, I, like you said, I don't think there's any reason to hate the Colts. Uh, obviously, I'm a Colts fan, so I don't ever think there is a reason, but. Most of the season, the power rankings have showed the Colts below the Texans, below some of these other teams that they're ahead of in the playoff in playoff position for. So I think even we just aren't being talked about like a real team because I think because Aaron, uh, Anthony Richardson is injured. Well, and I think Frank Reich really did a number on them. I mean, they really <laughs> thought very low of the Colts this year. They said, ah. Well, Gardner's back up, whatever. But that's that's obviously not the case. Broncos-Lions, this Saturday night game. Lions laying the hammer down. A big bounce back week for them. Answer the bell. They're 10-4 and four with a 42-17 to 17 win over the now 7-7 seven and seven Broncos, who their playoff position is now in jeopardy. Jared Goff, five. 
five passing touchdowns. I think he heard me last week when uh, he did. <laughs> nice, Braden, with the, the finger count in the five <laughs> when he was sort of regressing back to the mean. But he had a big breakout day. He plays better at home. It's just uh, how he's been for his short career there in Detroit. Jameer Gibbs had a field day, uh, 100 on the ground, and then uh, the touchdown, a receiving touchdown to add to that. The Lions played a complete football game. Nothing really special on the Denver offense. They couldn't get anything going on the ground, only averaged three yards per carry. Russell Wilson was largely ineffective. And to me, this isn't a surprise. Everybody knows that I don't like the Broncos very much and that I'm not a big Sean Payton guy. It's just eye test for me. And I have not seen Denver really play a great game all year. And if they did, it was because their offense didn't have to do much and they were playing a very inferior opponent. So are they bad? No, obviously they're a 500 team, but I just don't think they're as good as everybody's cracking them up to be. So Lions uh, looking in good position now, and we'll get to the Dallas loss here, but Detroit is uh, vying for home field advantage for most of the playoffs right now. Yeah, you know, a couple takeaways from this game. Um, I think the the Lions, well, to your Jared Goff point, yes, he plays better at home because he's in a dome. I think most people would love the dome because it's perfect condition, perfect weather. Uh, you get a great grip. But, I mean, Dan Campbell's built a squad that just fights. I know they've lost four games, and they, I mean, they lost to the Vikings. They're not the Vikings. They haven't played them yet, sorry. <laughs> the Bears uh, and the Packers, and those are critical losses you can't really afford to lose. I, I think I still give them, like, a benefit because they, they have won 10 games. And, I mean, everybody was high on the Broncos. A lot of people were thinking the Broncos could upset the Lions and uh, just wasn't even close. Uh, it, it never felt in reach. Um, I was watching this game and I thought, is this the Broncos that we saw for the last few weeks where they've been on a hot streak or is this the beginning of the year Broncos? And you're not, not going to win every game. And I think you realize that, but they did not. They didn't even look like a game they showed up to try to win. Well, and at the end of the day, I, I don't know if their talent is all that special either, um, but that's at least offensively. But we can talk about that another time. The Dolphins dismantle the Jets 30 to nothing. The Jets' miserable season continues. Obviously, Rodgers might get cleared to play here. I think at the end of the day, the the rumor is going to be they dress him as a third quarterback, keep him as an emergency guy just to show that, hey, he beat the comeback, he's available, he's on the sidelines, a little moral boost, and uh, that's how they, they kind of get around it. But I don't think he's actually going to play at this point. It's unfortunate because Zach Wilson, after a really good last week, just absolutely lays an egg this week, <laughs> 4 of 11, 26 yards before Trevor Simeon comes in and doesn't do any better. So it's just been a tough year for the Jets. The Dolphins, a nice bounce back win for them, 10 and 4, obviously, to a 21 of 24 and the touchdown, Raheem Mostert finding the end zone twice. He's had an amazing year. Dolphins, uh, like I know, Braden, you said you think they might be the best team in the AFC. I think they'll win home field advantage. I don't think that makes them the best team in the AFC. I just think uh, they control their destiny. I mean, the Ravens who are playing right now also control their destiny. I just think the Ravens have a harder schedule um, to win out. And they play each other. So, I mean, whoever wins that game will get home field advantage. Uh, the, the Chiefs are pretty much out of it, and we'll talk about the Chiefs in a little bit. The only thing I want to point out is I think 
Robert Sala would be desperate enough to try and play Aaron Rodgers because I think he's coaching for his career right now. I don't think he makes it next season if they don't win another game. I think I think there's a chance um, Nathaniel Hackett could be the head coach of the Jets next year there's for no Aaron Rodgers. There's no I, chance that happens. Okay, you, you <laughs> can call me crazy, and I, I may look stupid, uh, but I, I just don't think uh, – I think the Jets need a fall guy. The GM needs a fall guy for this terrible season that unfolded with the fact that they banked the whole thing on Aaron Rodgers, the almost 40-year-old being healthy the whole year. Uh, I think his the fall G- guy's going to yeah, be the coach. The, the GM needs to be held accountable here. You're the one that drafts Zach Wilson. You're the one, Matt talked about it, Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb, Aaron Rodgers, Dalvin Cook. There's just no business in a in an elite offense, even if Rodgers was healthy, I mean, obviously the team would be way better. But there's just no business having those weapons and, and the risk that that uh, has given them. The Texans beating the Titans in overtime, nineteen to sixteen. They were down most of that game. Texans fight back, claw their way to a three point win. They're now eight and six. Titans fall to five and nine. Their tough season continues. A really poor game all around. 30 of 66 as a rushing performance. Derrick Henry, 16 for nine yards against a team that he normally destroys. I mean, he has historical records against the Texans rushing-wise, and this this game was bad. He might be officially washed, unfortunately. With the Texans, Case Keenum stepping in for C.J. Stroud, who was battling concussion. Nothing impressive, but... Case Keenum is your classic backup quarterback who comes in. He gets the job done. I'm actually happy they went with him as opposed to Davis Mills. Case Keenum gets the job done. Dan, Devin Singletary having a little resurgence of a season, keeping that uh, offense moving. And this was without Nico Collins and Tank Dell. D'Amico Ryans has really done an incredible job for this team. And, of course, they're right in the thick of this. If Jacksonville falls here, Houston's got a shot at the division. Yeah, if Jacksonville falls here, Houston and uh, Indianapolis have a shot at the division. Right now, Indianapolis holds the tiebreaker over the Texans, but Texans hold tiebreaker over the Jaguars. So it's kind of an interesting thing. And this will be a trend that you hear. Uh, Nobody wants to help the Colts out. Nobody who needed to win today won for the Colts uh, to help the Colts. (laughs) Uh, Hats off to the Texans. I think the biggest thing for the Texans has been the D'Amico Ryan's culture and the defensive presence his team has built. I mean, uh, they were down most of the game, but held the Texan, the Titans to three points in the whole second half. That's a defensive. It's called being a strong defense. I, I was impressed. And you guys start talking about Mike Vrabel's job come season's end as well. That'll be interesting. Texans grinding out close games, continuing to muddle the AFC pick, playoff picture. Buccaneers, Packers, Buccaneers starting to rally a little bit. They've worked their way to 500. They're 7 and 7, 34 to 20 win over the Packers who <laughs> now have lost two pretty bad games to inferior opponents in my opinion. Every once we thought that Jordan Love was turning the corner and and granted he played okay today. He wasn't really the issue. 284 yards, two touchdowns. But they're a young team and you're going to have inconsistencies with a young team. And unfortunately, I think this might have been the nail in the coffin for the Packers, even though they might still be mathematically in the hunt. Buccaneers doing a nice job having a chance at that division. 
Baker Mayfield, have yourself a day. Perfect quarterback rating, four touchdowns, 381 yards. Awesome to see that. Chris Godwin, you break out. I mean, he spread Baker Baker spread the ball today. It's uh Buccaneers just been an up and down year, but here they are, they're peaking at the right time. This is the time you want to be peaking, especially if you're in the a- NFC South, the NFC South with the with the division that nobody seems to want to be over 500 to win it. Um, so a, a tough loss for the Packers. I will say there is hope in the future. Most of the people I kept hearing their names called are like first or second year players. Uh, so I think the Packers are just young. Um, and I think next year they'll have a better fighting chance to make the playoffs. Uh but they do get a break because the Vikings do have to play the, the Lions this week, this upcoming week, and then the last week of the season. So if they can manage to win out and the Vikings lose both times to the Lions, then Packers have a chance. Giants-Saints. So continuing in the NFC South, the Saints follow suit. They get to 500 with a 24-6 to win over the Giants. People were starting to think a little bit higher of the Giants, jumping on the Tommy DeVito train. And unfortunately, finally against a good defense, he crumbled and the Giants crumbled like they've been all year. They've just been a pretty bad football team. I gotta, I'm, I'm happy with Derek Carr today. Uh, finally, a decent game. Three touchdowns, 134.8 QB rating. The Saints didn't really have to do much. They just relied on their defense, and for good for them, they've got a chance to stay in the division now. Who? I mean, this is going to come down to who's going to have a better last three games of the season: Derek Carr or Baker Mayfield. I I tend to I'm going to lean towards Baker. Um, I think he has better. He has. I mean, Alave was out today, and so who knows what Alave's status is? I think the Saints have a bunch of receivers that aren't household names that the the Bucks do with Godwin and Evans and so I, I really think that division is just gonna come down to Baker or Derek. I don't know if the Falcons have a chance anymore to win the division. So so finishing up the NFC South with the Falcons and the Panthers, Falcons were the only six and seven team there that could not take care of business. They go to six and eight with a nine seven loss, a game winning field goal for the Panthers. That's a miserable football game. I say miserable a lot, but there's just been a lot of bad football this year. I mean, I I agree with Tom Brady when he says the product has just not been very sharp this year, and it's made fantasy football a disaster. You have offensive line injuries up and down, which in turn creates more quarterback injuries up and down and you have running back by committees. It's been a, not a pleasant sight this year. And that's why you've got such a disparity as certain teams. And I I don't know, but the Falcons today, Arthur Smith, I thought this was a horrible coaching effort on his end. You've, you've got 31 for 52 yards on the, on the ground. You have 31 carries. You keep rushing the ball, even though you have a 1.7 yard average. It's just horrendous to me. Desmond Ritter is not good. Obviously they have to look elsewhere in the draft. They should have been more aggressive at the trade deadline to get somebody. Uh, There's really nothing you can say about the Panthers. This was, they just weren't as bad as the Falcons today. I think that's as simple as that. Bijan Robinson had a fumble early and went in the the Arthur Smith doghouse. That is inexcusable. When you have that guy as a top end talent as he is to only rush for eleven yards, I don't know whose fault that is. If that's Bijan or the system or what, but 
this was an inexcusable effort from the Falcons. And so I happen to think, and I've been, this was my prediction at the beginning of the year. I happen to think the Saints still win this division, but obviously it's, I think it's between Tampa and the Saints right now. Yeah, I, not much to comment here. It's just a pitiful game. I think um, Arthur Smith has had a many questionable games of play calling this year. Um, but some reason the Falcons still seem to be committed to his process. There you go. That makes sense. <laughs> Bears Browns. Oh man, the the Bears had a really nice chance to make things very interesting in the NFC and the AFC. If they had gone to 6 and 8, that would have made things a little bit tighter. If the Browns went to 8 and 6, that would have made things a little tighter. Instead, the Browns come from behind in Cleveland, riding Joe Flacco yet again to go 9 and 5 with a 20 to 17 win. Dustin Hopkins a game-winning field goal. The Bears almost retaliated at the end on a Hail Mary, but unfortunately a Darnell Mooney drop cost them the game, cost them their season, and the Browns are looking really, really good in, in the playoff picture. Joe Flacco, 374 yards. Don't be fooled. It wasn't pretty. You know, he threw for three picks. He only averaged eight and a half yards per attempt. But like I said last podcast, you really can't ask for much better from the situation. You you have an injured Deshaun Watson and this is what you end up getting. Good veteran, backup quarterback. Some teams should have taken notice on this. <laughs> bad, <laughs> bad. It was a pretty bad game, I felt, all around. You know, when, when the Bears and Browns get together historically, it's never, never great. So this was on brand. But nonetheless, a nice win for the Browns. Yeah, I mean, the Browns are keeping pace. And um, as a team, they're doing really good. They're rallying around. I think they're even a better team without Deshaun Watson than they are with Deshaun Watson, uh, the guy that <laughs> paid a whole lot of money to. Uh, but I, I actually want to focus more on the Bears. I think they're actually, I, I think uh, Matt Eberflus is really coaching his butt off to keep his co his job. I mean, people were calling for his job, but they're competitive with a nine, with a nine and five team, right? They were competitive all the way to the end and had Darnell Mooney caught that, uh, who knows? Uh, and I think the Bears are in a great spot that if they uh, that they're going to get offers that I think Justin Field is, sh is showing that he can be a, a comfort competent quarterback. I don't think he's I don't know if he's elite franchise Patrick Mahomes type of quarterback, but he can lead winning drives. He can lead games uh, with his legs and he, he he's he's like a poor man's version of Lamar Jackson. I don't know if he'll ever win MVP, but. Uh, I, I think they could keep him and trade that pick and get some get a whole lot of talent because of that. Yeah, strengthen that defense or offensive line. Um, I don't know how I feel about him. I don't know how I feel about abandoning a QB in year two, but hey, is what it is. So Chiefs-Patriots, Chiefs finally get back on track. I mean, they better, right? You're playing against one of the worst teams, the NFL and the New England fighting Bill Belichick's. <laughs> I don't know if they're fighting <laughs> that Bill and O'Brien, Bill and Bill both are gone after this year, obviously. So Chiefs get a much needed win after Mahomes' fiasco uh, last week and Andy Reid with the refs. I thought that was just inexcusable behavior on their end, but they get a 10 point win. Nothing really to highlight here. I just don't think Patrick Mahomes has been very sharp this year. He's turned the ball over 15 times 
that's too many times for an elite quarterback that he is. So um, one of his uh, one of his turnovers this year, what or this game was off was in Tony's hands and went right off his hands and into the defender. So I, I think we he has a, a couple of those. I'm not saying all 15 of his interceptions are that. Um, he's made some dumb plays. I think he's pushing a lot because he has a a, a D average on a scale of A to F. I think he has a D average offensive receiving core. It's very possible that that's the case. Um, Travis Kelsey's had a very down year for him. I mean, he only had five yard, five catches for 28 yards. So, I mean, maybe the, there's just something to Taylor Swift not being in the stands. <laughs> He's, he, <laughs> well, Taylor Swift was there today. She was. Okay, well, they won, so there you go. <laughs> he just didn't have a he, great game. <laughs> he's too focused on Tay-Tay to focus on catching the ball. Uh, man. All right. Commanders, <laughs> Rams. Nothing this much. Is a, this is a big game for you to think about. The the well, I mean, like I said, I, I think the Rams are fighting here, and they sure they certainly are. They're not going away. McVay has rallied this team from a poor season last year back to a respectable season. They challenged the Niners earlier in the year. They didn't make it. They they were the they made it the closest out of really everybody aside from our losses. So Matt Stafford, another nice day. He looks a lot healthier. Two hundred fifty eight yards, two touchdowns. Uh, Kyron Williams continues to go on a rampage. The Rams rushed for 196 as a team. Cooper Cup found the end zone, got over 100 again. I mean, this is this was a per- picture perfect day for you for the Rams. I mean, they did a pretty good job on all sides of the both sides of the football. So that's really all I have to say. They're in the hunt. They're very good chance of making the wild card here. Yeah, I'm 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 most intrigued. Obviously, the commanders are done, and Ron Rivera will have his job taken away from him. I think he'll be fired this this offseason. And maybe they promote Eric Bieniemy. Maybe Eric Bieniemy tries to go to uh, the Chargers. Who knows? Um, but I think the the Rams are interesting because of the the veteran depth talent pool that they have. They could be a team. That I kind of compare them to the Browns. You. They could sneak into the playoffs. Now the Browns will make the playoffs, but you don't want to face them in the playoffs just because of the the who knows what team's going to show up. And if it's the right day, the right time, they could beat any team. Uh, just their defense, if it's healthy, is is loaded. Still, they're old, but they're all veterans, and they understand how to play in the playoffs. Well, it's absolutely right. Veteranship plays a role deep into the season, especially in the playoffs. I mean, they almost beat the Ravens. They're they're a really good football team, and so I'm with you there. That's not a team I want to face in the playoffs. <laughs> All right, uh, Cowboys against the Bills. All right, let's talk about this game. I can't <laughs> wait to hear. Cannot wait to hear Stephen A. tomorrow on this one. Dallas How about them Cowboys. Yeah, Bills beat the Cowboys <laughs> thirty-one to ten. Bills are hot. Bills Mafia, get it going. Bills are now eight and six after everybody thought that they were out of the playoff hunt. Dallas is now ten and four. Obviously, they're still in the picture. They're still competitive and everything. But I think we have to finally put those MVP talks about Dak to rest. People have been giving me crap about, well, you have to include him in the conversation. Like he's had a really good year, blah, blah, blah. The stats are so good. And I'm like, no, I, I don't care about that because. I agree with Colin Coward. I keep saying it. He's a B-plus quarterback. 
And he's always been that way. He's the same old deck. He's good enough. He's not great. He can't really win it for his team if he needs to. He doesn't rise to the occasion when it matters most. Here you are. You go onto the road in a hostile environment, bad weather conditions. The Cowboys had they they just don't know how to play away from their nice comfy home within in their, you know, Jerry Jones dome. I I I think they're a fraud, as I've always said. I think their losses are indicative of Mike McCarthy not being a, a premier coach in this league. This was another example. The Bills took advantage of uh, the situation. You have a, Finally, you have a decent defense. You have a good team. Josh Allen is obviously a top quarterback in the league. And boy, did they shove it down their throats. James Cook, your boy, <laughs> 170 yards, 179 <laughs> yards and a touchdown on 25 carries. He also added 42 through the air and a touchdown. Have yourself a day, my friend. Josh Allen only threw the ball 15 times. That's kind of crazy to me, but he's he's good and you can't stop him. So I'm just happy. But, I'm just happy. I love it. I, I know I get so much joy when the Cowboys lose, but it's just it just proves my point that Dak is not an MVP. Well, I mean, I will, my end, I will put the rest of the Dak over Brock. I The reason why for me for so long I had Dak over Brock in my MVP is because I do feel like Dak has lesser weapons and a lesser coach. And he was putting up similar numbers, if not equal to what Brock Purdy was putting up. Uh, and he just did not show up today at all. Uh, 134 passing yards is pathetic in a in a game like this when your MVP is on the line. Uh, so I, I am putting to rest my own personal opinions about Dak being the MVP. So hopefully that helps you feel better, Stephen. Um, I try not to give you crap because I try I try and be open minded about everybody's opinion on who MVP is. Uh, I know for you it goes Brock, then CMC, and then Debo. That's your top three MVP. Not biased at all, yeah. right? Not biased <laughs> at all, no. <laughs> I don't know, but I don't. I would put Trent Williams at three before Debo. <laughs> definitely not biased. Um, no, I, I and I think it puts it, it's definitely Brock at one now in my books, and then. Uh, but we could talk about San Francisco. We're going to talk about. We'll talk about them right now. But do you have anything else to say on the Cowboys? Um, here's the thing is, is I know Cowboys have been playing elite football. We were in the chat and Matt said Cowboys are still the second best team in the conference. I don't know if I buy that. I think they're pretty good at home uh, when it's perfect conditions, but if they have to go on the road, which it's looking like they will. And I, and, and, and I wouldn't even count out this, the, the Phillies getting the number one seed or, or like winning, not the number one seed, sorry, the, the division. Um, so Cowboys would have to be on the road every game. Uh, going forward, I, I just don't think Cowboys can win in hostile environments. That's why I put them at tier three below Detroit and Philly. They're the same old Cowboys, and it's great. That's why I'm happy with them. Like, when you're easy, lowly games, that's fine with me. And people are like, oh, but they beat the Eagles. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they did. That's a nice win, but the Eagles weren't even a shell of themselves in that game. They were so battered, and I'm curious what Eagles team we get tomorrow night. Finally, the 49ers, Cardinals, 49ers, another dominant performance, just so consistent this year, 45 to 29. 
to win the NFC West. Let's go, baby. Uh, I should be more excited, even though, but it's expected. So, you know, but no, 11 and three. And now Arizona's three and 11. I just thought it was funny that Charlie Davis on the broadcast is like, oh, there's a lot to like here. They are bought into Gannon. They they love Kyler Murray. The players are into it. I don't know how much I buy that. I know he's trying to find something good to talk about about the Cardinals, but that's not a good football team. And I don't think they're, I think they're years away from being a good football team. Brock Purdy on the flip side of Dak added to his MVP resume, 242 yards, four touchdowns, a 135.3 rating. Christian McCaffrey added to his MVP resume, 115 yards on the ground in the touchdown, 72 yards through the air and two touchdowns. He was our leading receiver. Of course, Debo also found the end zone twice. He's been on a tear. Found fine. I, I think that was his seventh touchdown in the last four weeks. I, I could be wrong on that, but... He's been amazing. I think defensively, the Niners uh, worried me a little bit. Uh, I didn't like that Arizona could run the ball all day on us. <laughs> Arizona, <laughs> Arizona rushed for 234 yards. That's a thousand area. If I'm a, I'm, if I'm the Ravens, I'm exposing that. And so, if you're the Niners, what's what's the reason for that? Well, they had really bad tackling today. Well, why did they have bad tackling? Well, they were missing a lot of their great players. Eric Armstead out, Javon Hargrave out, Javon Kinlaw banged up. There's just they were missing too many of those big boys up front. They missed missed a lot of tackles in the secondary. Um, I'm just happy that they're talented enough offensively to take care of business, and that's what happened. Yeah, um, I was actually kind of shocked. I turned the game on, and it was uh, 21-13. And then uh, Ronnie Bell almost had that fumble oh. where the Gave me a heart attack. <laughs> um, and I was like, what the heck is going on? What is this? Um, but then the 49ers corrected it. and But I, I do think it is uh, um, alarming. Uh, I don't know if it's alarming. It's noteworthy that the 49ers allowed 29 points to 3-11 and 11 team. Uh, there's been some games that teams have scored a lot of points. and I do And, and I do think the 49ers have struggled with tackling this year. Um, they don't, uh, I mean, they traded, they, they got, uh, young chase young and he's helped the defense out a lot, but they were struggling with tackling before they got him and he's kind of helped to cover up some of those or solve some of those problems. So uh, I, I would just focus. I, I wonder if it's the Steve Wilkes defense. I just wonder if that's the difference this year. There's definitely a drop off. Uh, when you give up 436 yards to Arizona, that's a problem. I mean, they out yarded us. I, I like I like yarded instead of gained. Uh, 406 yards for the Niners is still impressive, but Arizona controlled the time of possession. Obviously, the the turnovers really helped us out. I was a little concerned about the injuries. Nick Bosa had a, a little bit of a friendly fire injury there at the end. Christian McCaffrey looked like his knee sort of tweaked on a play, uh, breaking the tackle. And then, of course, the roughing the passer on Brock, where his shoulder got dinged up. So you hope those are really nothing. You hope they're not too sore tomorrow and that it's you know no big deal. But talking about Brock Purdy, man, I I don't I, I know this is I, I have goggles on right now, but he, he might be the best quarterback ever to play the game. I I, I know you're going to temper me on that, but. 
the deep throws. Like he's first in every insane category, every main quarterback category. He's first in. I mean, he's his percentage on deep throws, 20 yards plus, 30 yards plus, is unrivaled by anybody in the league. He's 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 got so much touch. He's got precision. He can bullet it. He can drop it in if he needs to. He has the improv. He broke so many sacks. He can run it if he needs to. He can throw across his body. Uh, he's got the arm strength. He has the aptitude, the anticipation. I don't know if he doesn't have anything, right? I don't know if there's not the, like the only thing that you you can say is that well he doesn't have a Super Bowl. That's that's really it in my opinion. Uh, of course, I'm worried, right? What happens when it's going to happen? When we're down in the fourth quarter, our backs up are against the wall. What's going to happen? How does he play? I need to see that because we saw it earlier in the year and it wasn't there. And of course, I think we're way better now. We've won six in a row off of the bye week, but it's going to happen in the playoffs. And I'm hoping in the same situation, he responds. I hope Jake Moody responds. I know your buddy from <laughs> Michigan kicker. He's been really good this year. He's been very good, but he missed three important kicks for us, even though they were long kicks. And so I'm hoping... If he has a chance to tie or win the ball game late in the going, that's the only downside of the Niners season so far is have we really been tested and came through? We were tested and we lost. We were tested with good teams, but we blew them out. <laughs> so it's hard to say, have we actually grinded out a close ball game? I, I don't know, but I have no reservations because like you said earlier, Braden, Kyle Shanahan is an absolute mastermind and he's engineering a scheme like nobody's ever seen before. And it's being executed to perfection, not just by Brock Purdy to know where the timing is and to know all the calls and the signals, but the playmakers that he's getting the ball to, there's not, they're not dropping passes. Obviously a had one today. Kittle had one today, but they make up for it. They're so good after the catch. They break tackles. They accelerate. They're sure-handed. They block. They block downfield. You don't see this kind of team blocking on any other team in the NFL. When somebody gets the ball, everybody, all horses down the field. It's a sight to see. You got Kittle pancaking two guys at once. You've got Trent Williams pancaking three guys at once. You got McCaffrey getting down and dirty. There's not much I I can I can just gush and gush and gush. I'm not concerned about when it happens for Brock when we're down. I think he does answer the call because everything he's shown me so far has has said yeah that he he absolutely can answer the bell. Yeah, and I think that there's a couple things to temper you on. I, you, not that um, Tom Brady was ever like I wouldn't say Brock Purdy's most mobile quarterback in the NFL. I hope you would agree with that. Um, I mean, you know, it's he's not Lamar it, Jackson. No, no, no. <laughs> sorry, that's but he he reminds me because Tom Brady pre ACL was a little bit more mobile. Um, not that he was ever the most mobile but like you said kind of that mind for the game he's very analytical he's very much he, it seems as though brock can see the plays happening before they happen yeah um it, it, like tom brady could like peyton manning could like he he may not be the tallest the strongest the most physically gifted quarterback but he he's doing a throwback to those type of analytically minded quarterbacks and he has just enough athleticism to get out of trouble uh there's one play 
you'll you'll remember this uh, this game. He he moved out of the pocket and threw it to CMC, who was had nobody near him for like right. forty yards within CMC. He could fall to the ground, take his yeah. time to stand up, sip unreal, a, get a drink of water, and then walk into the <laughs> touchdown, and nobody touched him. Like that's how much space CMC had. But Brock was able to do that because he had just enough athleticism to move out of the pocket and then get reset to throw. Um, so, again, I, I think time will tell. Uh, I know that there are misses, and most times, but most times, seventh round picks are seventh round picks for a reason, but Brock is breaking that mold right now. Uh, and, and I haven't seen him, as you said, I mean, I haven't seen him come back from in the fourth quarter in a playoff game or even in a primetime game, come back from down uh, to lead the game to, I know, I know you guys could say, well, he did against the Browns, but they didn't win uh, the Moody miss. He didn't, if, if Brock could have got them five, 10 more yards, Moody may not have missed. So I know Moody's miss was big, but Brock didn't get enough yards to make an easier kick on Moody. So yeah, it, that's it what I need to see. Loss. Yeah, I mean, you, you was a team thing, right? But yeah, it, exactly. I, I do want to see him actually get out a come-from-behind win. The Browns game would have erased all the doubts in my head because he had played <laughs> terrible that whole game. Yeah, well, he was that concussed. Last drive. <laughs> I thought he was concussed in the Vikings. Was he concussed I think he in had the Browns, two. too? I think he had. Oh, my gosh. I think he had two. I mean, I don't know what the medical reports say, but... Well, yeah. I mean, gutting it out, uh, good for him to gut it out. I know that now we're making it, making him pay for gutting it out when we should probably be more applauding him for the effort he made. But yeah, uh, you're out there playing, you get held to the same standard. In you my gotta, books. Yeah, people, people have to stop this whole, I think it's finally stopped this whole, well, he's a seventh round pick, just wait for the, the ball to drop. I mean, I was in that camp last year, but I was hopeful, right? the things that he's doing, like I just mentioned are unrivaled. The fact that we're talking about Tom Brady, the fact that he's being compared to drew Brees, best quarterbacks of the last generation, uh, top 10 quarterbacks of all time. I mean, this is a very good sign. This is, this is crazy how the Niners found the ultimate gem. Uh, I just, yeah, he's, I so will say to this day, I believe Brock Purdy saved Kyle Shanahan's job with the botch on the Trey Lance. I don't, nobody else will believe me, but I think Brock Purdy's success saved Kyle Shanahan's job. It's possible. We don't know. I mean, we don't know if, if Trey was the guy, like how would have things look? Obviously not very, not oh. as good, but yeah, we, yeah, I mean, that's a good point. I, I will say, I was listening to the broadcast and they said one of the things that every 49er, player knows is if you don't try hard you're not welcomed on the team and so everybody on the team tries hard and in my head i'm like oh maybe trey lance just didn't care enough <laughs> yeah because he's off the team <laughs> sam darnold's on the team over trey lance you take a guy with no upside over a guy with who knows what the upside is there's a reason and i effort could be he's, the reason he's gonna infect the dallas cowboys it's already happening <laughs> He's infecting. Well, we saw it today. <laughs> no. uh, yeah. I think this will be a massively disappointing season if the 49ers don't win the Super Bowl. I know people may say, well, but injury. I mean, this team is stacked. This team is really deep and loaded. Um, it, and obviously, it, there's a couple caveats. I think 
they're not stacked at one running back. So if CMC knock on wood were to get hurt, I think there's reason to be like, well, now the defense are game planning just around Brock, right? Right now they kind of have to split their attention because CMC is that dynamic of a weapon. Um, and if Brock gets injured too, right? Obviously, I don't think Sam Darnold will come in and run the offensive as efficiently. But if those two players stay healthy, it would be massively disappointing if they don't win the Super Bowl. I agree with you. I don't. I don't. I think it is ours to lose at this point. I mean, the Ravens are a nice foe, which we're going to get ready for next week. By the way, doesn't Brock Purdy look like John Harbaugh's son? I heard that. <laughs> he the other day. There's pe- there's some some internet memes out there that are saying I don't know, like John Harbaugh might they might need to do a DNA test for uh, for Brock and John. <laughs> <laughs> he really does look like John Harbaugh. Uh, <laughs> that that's good. That's good. I I could I could see the resemblance. Yeah. Yeah. Well, to me, they are a a, t- a challenging foe. I think the Bills could be challenging if they get that deep in the playoffs. Obviously, you can never count Mahomes out, but we're way better than the rest of the NFC. We've proven that. Uh, obviously, we haven't played the Lions this year, but I f- would feel pretty good against Detroit. I don't want to get too cocky here. I, I don't want to get over my head. Um, but that's where we're at. As we speak, the Ravens are up on the Jaguars, 3 nothing, 8.20 to go in the second quarter. So it seems like it's sort of a defensive battle right now. Lamar just threw a pick. Trevor Lawrence still playing on a high ankle sprain. I mean, he's not fully recovered let, let, yet, let's be real. So, mm-hmm. But the Jaguars I, uh, are a decent team. They're, they're not going to make this easy on Baltimore. No, no. Trevor Lawrence, I mean... The I'm, I have the game on in the back uh, on the side, but the the Jags did miss Brandon McManus did miss a field goal that could have tied it a few drives ago. So, um, it's 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 definitely more of a defensive game. Okay, so we're gonna close this episode out. We're gonna take a turn and talk a little bit of basketball, more specifically Draymond Green, and I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on it, but I think it is important for me to. Get my take on the situation. Obviously, Draymond Green suspended indefinitely this week due to the Nurkic right hook or left hook or whatever you want to call it during the game was assessed to flagrant two, ejected. Everybody's seen the play on replay now. It was pretty egregious. Nobody really doubted that it, you know. Of course, Draymond said he was trying to sell a call. Regardless, that was bad. And... I've defended Draymond this whole time. This whole time I've defended him. I've backed him up. Uh, you know, fiery guy, the engine of this team, and those things are true. But I th- I think it's been long overdue that he, he needs to get some help. And I'm hoping that this time gives him, I hope it gives him the time, this indefinite suspension. Whether it's one month, two months, it's probably going to take longer than that. I don't know how long the NBA keeps him away from the Warriors because the Warriors need him bad. You look at how poor the Warriors are playing. Curry can't do it all. I mean, this guy's this guy is just burning the candle at both ends, trying to keep us afloat and keep us in ball games. And we need Draymond out there, but we can't have him if he can't hold his temper on the court. And clearly, there's some things to address internally. Um, and I, I obviously want him to get well. I want him to get right. Uh, but it's just gotten to a point where it's inexcusable. And 
it's enough to say, all right, like clearly something's going on. And I don't think he's ever had any off the court issues. That's why I've always defended him. Like that's why I've always went to bat for him because like, well, he's a, he's a model citizen. He does a lot for the community. He's a good guy. He's a good family man. Um, but there's really, I don't know what it is. You step on a basketball court, you get poked around a little bit, evoke something in you. Um, yeah, I'm hoping for the best for him. Yeah, you know, Draymond Green, uh, these type of antics are great when you're winning because um, it it fires the team up. But right now the team is losing and they need him. And so I really hope he gets the help. Like I, I don't know what the stipulations are going to be around the the ther the the therapy or the, the um he's supposed to get counseling i'm not counseling. sure yeah the exact details of everything uh but i know he can practice with the warriors still so he'll be on he'll be able to be in the facility be there for practice um i hope he gets the help he needs but i i think more than anything this just is more telltale sign to me that this dynasty is is, is done um it's a pretty ugly one uh, I heard it uh, the other, like normally dynasties end because the superstar is a shell of themselves, but this one, the, the superstar is not a shell of himself. Steph is still Steph. I, I mean, maybe he's not averaging 35, 34 points a game, but he's still playing at an elite level. Uh, and it's his sidekicks that are no longer, that are a shell of themselves. Like Draymond's having a shell of himself kind of season anyways. Actually, he, he's been pretty effective when he's on the court. He's been actually very efficient, more so than, than years past, but he hasn't been on the court much. <laughs> <laughs> when he's been on the court. Uh, Clay has been kind of a shell of himself. Uh, so I, I think, and, and Wiggins has been oh. almost non-existent this year. Oh, man. Uh, so uh, it, it's unfortunate the way it's happening because normally people, would, and I would have thought, with all those guys that Steph's career would have been the shortest because I would have imagined after the run, his ankles would have started to come back to Cinderella form. He would have been spraining them a lot and would have just needed to cut down on minutes, but he's, he's has no ankle problems anymore. It seems like, and it's his team that's failing him, not him failing the team. Yeah. Curry's done an unbelievable job with his staff and his regimen to keep his, make his ankles a lot stronger and, we really knock on wood haven't had an issue like that in years. Um, so yeah. he's done a great job remedying that. Wiggins has been bad. I don't know what happened last year with the personal issue, but that has clearly taken him out. He's getting paid way too much money for too little production. The Warriors need to get rid of him this year. If they can try to get an expiring contract, Chris Paul is washed. Obviously we knew that it's just, we needed to dump the Jordan Poole contract, but at least now you can get rid of CP3 after this year. You don't re-sign Clay after this year, so you have you have potentially eighty million dollars coming off the books here between the three those three guys, close to eighty million. So the Warriors, to me, to, I'm not I'm not throwing it in the towel yet, and I'm still optimistic and hopeful that things can turn around. So that's my that's my take. Obviously, the young guys haven't developed like we wanted it to, but man, Pojemski is showing me something. He's good young talent. Moses Moody's developing. Maybe we can get something for Kaminga if we want to extend this window a little bit. Obviously, nobody wants Wiggins, so you have to probably trade Kaminga to get somebody. I don't know. We need Gary Payton back. 
I refuse to believe that the dynasty's over yet. Uh, I just think that the situation that they're in right now is is no bueno. They need to get out of some of these contracts. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. Agreed. Um, yeah, it's it's. I'm I'm maybe not a biased fan who is looking at it with rose petal glasses. Um, <laughs> I I uh, I don't know how the Warriors come back from this. Uh, it, it would they'd have to rehaul their team. Yeah. Hey, just so you know, the Mavs are at a, are the favorites to land a Draymond Green trade. Um, really? Yeah, there's uh, some betting place put the Mavs at the best odds to trade for Draymond Green. I don't want him, but <laughs> unless he's unless he's the defensive anchor that he was for the dynasty. Interesting. Well, your your Mavericks are looking okay. That's for sure. They're looking okay. Um, can I give one final word before you close this out? Not related to football. Okay. Uh, final word. Hey, thanks for having me on the podcast, Stephen. Absolutely. Um, and I just want to say, uh, go Colts. Um, we're going to shock the world to make the playoffs. And we may even upset our first round opponent. I don't if it's think the Jaguars, yeah. if it's the Jaguars, we're upsetting them. Putting I don't on the think that's now. a bad take. I, I don't think that's bad at all. I'm like I said, I have nothing against the Colts. I mean, in fact, I probably prefer the Colts out of every AFC team. In there. <laughs> <laughs> that's not a joke. <laughs> I'm telling you, I hate the Chiefs. I hate the Ravens. I I don't particularly enjoy Jacksonville. Um, I don't like the Browns. I don't, I, I mean, I'm, I'm telling you that I, yeah. <laughs> and if we do, if we make the playoffs, Shane Steichen's coach of the year. Yeah, he might have it already. He might. We'll see. All right, Braden, thank you for coming on again. Thank you all for listening on this immediate reaction Sunday. We hope you all have very happy holiday season and uh we'll see you after we'll see you probably after the new year thank you for listening to the joe random sports podcast follow subscribe rate like and share us at joe randoms sm remember just keep swishing and don't strike out